This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back, sci-fi fans, to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm Andrew, and I'm here with Marisha, as always. Usually. Usually, usually as always. That's it's it's usual. Um, so, let's see. Uh, Nicole's in the chat. And Hi, I think so far that's it. But uh, Me? I'm there, see? Uh, well, yeah, but you're, you're here, too. So. But I'm also in the chat, because I'm just that great. It's true. <laughs> Good answer, love. <laughs> see, he's a smart man. Um, gentlemen this is how this is how to answer whenever people go fishing for compliments <laughs> your wife goes fishing for compliments <laughs> if your wife goes like usually if people go fishing for compliments i ignore them but if your wife's fishing for compliments just go ahead and do it yeah it's in your best interest <laughs> the secret to a happy marriage ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> um so we're going to talk about episode five of miss marvel yes it's true and hopefully some more people will pop here into the chat here in a minute. Cause I want to see what uh, Nicole says that she's really excited to talk about it. I want to see what some other people thought about it too. Um, and I really hope that more people. Sorry. I want to see what, if more people are starting to discover the show now that some of the other mm-hmm. things. Um, yep. Now that Kenobi's not on anymore. Kenobi's off stranger things is is done with the season if everybody's you know watched it right away which i suspect most people that were really into it did probably um you know there are still a few other things floating around out there like the boys but that really doesn't compete with this it's not two totally no totally different groups of people typically going to watch those probably- two things most people are not watching both of those. Well, things. there's some overlap, I'm sure. But yeah, but it's probably mostly people who are watching Miss Marvel with their kids and they're watching the boys by themselves. Right. Yeah, the boys is definitely not family no, not, family not fair. Family friendly. Um, so overall, uh, this was our, our time travel episode. Uh, we, this was great. Going back in time. They didn't overthink the time travel stuff, which Thank is great. God. But it was simple. They did what what you would call a closed loop Mm-hmm. time travel episode where it's like when they when loki wants to know why all the things the avengers did didn't mess things up well it was supposed to happen it didn't create alternate timelines it was supposed to happen right. that way that's what happened here it's a closed loop she goes back because she's supposed to go back it's part of her story mm-hmm. so uh that's much a much easier type of time yes. travel to to deal with um I love the so to to borrow a a phrase from Roe, this was the most cinematic episode, largely because of the stuff in the train station. Mm-hmm. It just felt bigger than a TV show. It really did. I'm just watching, going, "That's a lot of background." <laughs> you were having a lot of background. <laughs> You're gonna, I hope they had enough people there to wrangle all those backgrounds. But that was really cool that, I mean, they bothered to do a scene that yes. big with that many backgrounds. And the characters, TV shows don't normally go in for stuff no. like that. 
And I, I feel like and they could have they could have done that digitally and they could have people have. in. I'm glad they didn't do that. And, and also the thing is they were going for a very specific image. And my we were watching with my eight-year-old nephew. Uh, he's not eight anymore. He's more like 10. Either way, my nephew, right? Um, and he says, wow, was, was it really that desperate? Um, yeah, because they realized it was the last train and saw how many people are still standing he's around. Like, when there the are train people on top of that train. Where, did, did people ride on tops of trains? You know, he was like the the it was an excellent example of show. Don't tell like they had given us yeah. just enough information that we were prepared. But whenever whenever they actually showed up on screen, it was like, wow, that's that's really yeah significant um and this was i mean it was this was a really desperate time for the whole world really yeah because one thing they didn't touch on i mean this starts in 1942 like 1947 is when the partition happens but this episode starts in 1942 mm -hmm. and so of course you're you know britain's at war yeah and they didn't really touch on any of that because like a hundred thousand Indian Indian soldiers were sent to fight yeah. in that war on on, on behalf of Britain. Yeah. Uh, as were as were people from all over the world that were still living under the crown. Right. I mean Canadian soldiers. In fact, I remember reading um like Anna Green Gables books, like there's there's a whole series of them. And I didn't realize that um Canadians were actually went, you know, fought in World War One and World War Two as as British as soldiers. British soldiers. Yeah. Um yeah, no, the the crown or or the, you know, it wasn't really the crown at that point. They still consider it the, the crown, crown. But yeah. You know, yeah, the crown called them home to fight. Yeah. Well it's just like all the during um when the, the British or the Germans did the same thing. They called for people to return mm -hmm. to Germany and fight. Yeah. So, you know, people that weren't even under German rule returned to Germany to fight. Mm -hmm. um, but the, you know, the Indians didn't have a choice. I mean, when you read it in the history books, it literally talks about, you know, Britain literally declared war on Germany on behalf of India. Yeah. Um, and and the, the difference is a lot of people that were under the crown that were going and fighting were, were British or descendants right. of British. and Or at least were anti-German. Right. And these people weren't. In fact, I, I'm relatively certain there was a strong Marxist um, contingent growing in India at the time. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, man, it, it, that was a, a hard thing. And, you know, it's not to get real deep into it because I don't want to get in necessarily right. into the politics of it. But um, the partition was basically, I mean, Britain was broke and wanted out. Yeah. And this is after, I mean, Britain has, to some extent, been in control since like the 1750s. And and that's one the form other, or the other, yeah. Right. I mean, whether it was the East India Company or, or the Crown itself, right. Britain was essentially in control of, um, of India for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And then basically you just have the... The, the the government that's been keeping order and, you know, just whether they did, you know, not even what, getting into whether the things they did were good or bad. 
-hmm. but just you have this government that's kept order just saying we're out. They actually, they weren't, uh, I was, I was doing some kind of reading on it because I'm a history nerd and I was like, Oh, this is, you know, this isn't necessarily my area that I tend to be well informed on. So I, I did a lot of reading on it today. They actually, the British weren't supposed to leave till 1948, but right. they, they, they realized there was going to be a civil war because there had been a big movement both for and against the creation of Pakistan. They were two really significant uh, political factions that had just been fighting for decades yeah. um, about whether or not there should be a Muslim state. And the, the British just finally were like, they they basically well, the, the, saw there there's going to be a war, and so we're going to get out before it starts. Yeah, so I mean, basically, they uh, they orchestrate the splitting mm -hmm. of the country into Pakistan and India, yep. and uh, and then they just leave, and they leave a country in absolute chaos because they didn't stay to help people relocate. Mm -hmm. They just well, poor, uh, but they didn't have the money. I, well, and also I. People, I don't think they were expecting mass migrations. They were just like, okay, we're going to split this up. And then, you know, you know, then the areas with mostly Muslim, you know, a Muslim majority will have their own government. The people with the mostly Hindu um, population will have their own government and, you know, they can just move on from there. Yeah. But what happened was they're just starting to be, I mean, even... I saw some reference to it as ethnic cleansing on both sides and just in, in, in just enormous amounts of people being displaced. Lots of people leaving Pakistan to go to India, lots of Hindus leaving Pakistan to go to India, lots of Muslims. There, there was um, just a mass migration, both directions. One yeah. of the biggest mass migrations apparently in documented history. Right. I mean, and the numbers of people that died, like the the estimates the British gave were like 200,000. High yeah. estimates put it at closer to 2 million people just died, so, disappeared, never made it where they, to, to whichever country it was they were heading to. It was just yeah, unbelievably horrible. And I mean, I'm really, I'm glad, I agree, Nicole. I'm glad that they didn't make it about World War II. I'm surprised there was not a, some sort of mention of it, especially in uh, Hassan's speech that you hear him giving at the beginning, mm -hmm. um, talking about how this is their country. Because, I mean, that was what they were riled up about at the time, was that this was their land and they really had no control over it. And you're sending our son to die in your wars. I mean, yeah, but I'm, I'm like glad that. they focused on something else because most mm -hmm. Westerners don't know anything about the partition. I was aware that it happened, but I knew nothing about it. Um, and I mean, I think most of us graduate specific, especially from high school with an extremely narrow view mm -hmm. of world history. And like, I mean, let's be honest, like you come out of high school, like I don't even know how much of world history you can legitimately touch in four years of high school history. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you're only going to be able to touch on so many things. And as someone who graduated with, I mean, I have an art degree, I have a photography degree, but I had two other majors prior to that <laughs> and I was only needed like three more classes to have a history degree. Mm -hmm. And I never, we never covered any of that. No. Uh, there was a lot of talk, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of conversations about 
the initial British occupation of India, I knew that Gandhi had been involved in ending it. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Gandhi was vehemently opposed to the partition um, and just basically got overruled. Um, yeah. and, and I knew that there was a lot of bad blood between Pakistan and India. You know, to this day, there, there's, there's just a lot of animosity and a lot of. Yeah, I think the partition was Britain's yeah. last ditch effort to prevent a civil war. Yeah. But basically, they created two countries that have had nukes aimed at each other ever since. So, yeah, not not so helpful, <laughs> right? Um, but let's get into the episode. So, um, I really like this episode. I like the backstory. I like going back and doing this uh, story with uh, Aisha and Hassan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what did you think about the episode overall? So, I always enjoy as much as I complain about time travel. I don't like the, I don't like dealing with the fallout of time travel, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't like dealing with the fixing the timelines and, and what it, I don't like what it does to stories, but I always enjoy the time travel aspect. You know, that's always, you know, a really interesting, it's a really interesting story. Like yeah. I said, I don't tend to like the stories that come after the time travel. Right. So yeah, I, this one's different. This one's, um, we, we've kind of moved this from, I would say as we've progressed, we've really kind of moved, and I don't know where they'll go with the character, and they probably won't do this because it's much more of a fantasy trope than they've typically gone into mm-hmm. uh, in the MCU, but this is a, this is a, this character is a character of destiny. Mm-hmm. Like, it was her destiny to have that moment to go back. Right. And save her grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so I like how simplified the time travel was. And it was this moment yeah. that she was destined to go back and fulfill. Right. Not that they just decided to go back and change the past. It was a, a moment that she was destined for, which right. is kind of a cool thing they we've got going here. And we kind of did some of this with Shang-Chi. There's some some similarities here but you know when you get into fantasy big fantasy epics i specifically always go to lord of the rings because that's the one right right so you go to lord of the rings well this is a this is a child born of two cultures right um one one that we believe is immortal one not right it, it, it there, there's very much echoes of and in, in, in those moments mm-hmm. are always big moments, big history in, in Tolkien. Those are all huge moments in the story. Yeah. Like in his thousands of year history, there's three moments that all hinge on children born between men and elves. It's like the big driving thing of most right. of the histories. Right. And so I like that there's kind of some of those fantasy echoes in here because mm-hmm. uh, the MCU has tended to be very sci-fi heavy, mm-hmm. which is fine. I love that. But uh, with this and Shang-Chi, I'm glad we're getting some. And if we ever bring Iron Fist back in, some of those things, we're starting to get echoes of more fantasy storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's always I mean, you can only go straight sci-fi for so long before eventually you kind of have to broaden your story. I mean, you know, you have to start kind of broadening your base a little bit. Right. 
Um, yeah, so this is the interesting thing, uh, because theoretically, this type of time travel is kind of like what happened with the Avengers. It mm -hmm. doesn't create an alternate timeline, therefore, it, you know, it, there's not a moment that it creates always an has, offshoot. But it does create the question, like, how is this, why doesn't it create an alternate timeline? Because it was destined to happen. We've introduced the idea of destiny into the MCU. Yeah. That's a fantasy trope. Although you could argue that it does create an, another timeline. Well, you could say... Or, and there could be a timeline where she never went back. And that, and that she just remembers this, 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 this is a family story because now it's happened. And this except that this created. is a closed loop and the TVA has never shown up and stopped it. Yeah. But that also goes back to my argument about the... TVA time travel and Loki being circular and that, you know, with every moment of time happening all at once mm -hmm. that the TVA both exists and doesn't exist at the same Schrodinger's time. Schrodinger's agency. Pretty much. I mean, but seriously, like if that's the yeah. way we're going to look at time, then, then the TVA both and the multiverse itself both simultaneously exist and don't. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, seriously, like if time is circular, like you can't have both or you have to have both. You can't have one. I'll take your word for it. I'll think through it later. I'm getting a migraine. So uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> um, my reasoning capacity isn't quite there. So right what did now. you think about just the story? We get the five years with um, Hassan and uh, Aisha. So sweet. I mean, you know, you always... I'm a romantic, so I always will go in for the like, you know, little the little moments and the, you know, the kind of the sweet, innocent kind of, mm -hmm. you know, the love story. I'm always I'm always going to be a sucker for that, right? Um, and man, you know, the whole. Sometimes it's easy to forget in looking at large tragedies. Um, in history, you know, it, it's, it's, it's those person. it's, it's all of these numbers are a person, you know, who had a father and mother and, and children and brothers and sisters who, you know, and it's, it's that, that personal, you know, like, where's my baby moment, you know, it's like, it, it was, I, I, I may have, I may have cried a little bit, I may have cried just a little bit. Which, which part specifically made you cry? So I'm pretty sure I cried whenever she was, you know, whenever the after after they had the baby and she's, she's singing to the baby. And, you know, it's like that. That moment where, you know, it just all seems right in the world. Right. You know, she's she's escaped. She's had and like you. But the thing is, you know, you know, the rest of the story. And so it's like you're just looking at it and you're like, oh, no, your little paradise is getting ready to come crashing down. Yeah. Um, I think I may have cried when whenever we we it was confirmed that she died. Because uh, that's right. not what I was expecting. I was expecting she ran off. She was fighting. She was something. Um, I didn't expect she's dead yeah um i figured she was when i said last week that i thought that it would be 
um, Kamala that saved her grandmother. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, you know, that theory kind of hinged mm-hmm. on Aisha dying. I wasn't sure how that was going to happen. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's not, there's not a grand battle. I mean, she mm-hmm. just stabs her. Yeah. Um, but it's, they're on a, all those people, that tr- you know, that train platform full of people. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things going on here that really, really I found to be some of the most touching moments in the series so far. And I think it's what makes it other than just kind of the grand scale of the train station, Mm -hmm. uh, which just cinematically puts this as, you know, that's cinematically throws that up there with the top scenes Mm -hmm. in the, the Disney plus Marvel cinematic stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, but really we get this moment where we, we have a couple of things happen. Mm-hmm. where Kamala has heard this story her whole life. Right. But it's kind of a fairy tale kind of thing. It's not very real. And you couldn't possibly understand something like the partition without being in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you see her walk in there and she's like, you know, just that, that many people that many, yeah. you know. And she finally understands where her family came from. Like she gets a picture of a, 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 a more, a better understanding of where her family came from and why her family fights for the things they fight for, for her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's really, a, you know, the thing every parent wants is, you know, the better life for their kids. This one's just a really dramatic version of it. Like it's, you know, but I mean, it's like, you know, my grandfather growing up 10 years old dragging, you know, hauling pulpwood mm-hmm. by hand, you know, dragging yeah. pulpwood logs out of the woods because they had no money. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, she gets a better understanding, but the moment where her mother sees her mm-hmm. and she doesn't freak out. I well, cried there too. Well, there's two things that happen. Mm-hmm. One is the really funny thing, which is the very, the mother thing specifically i think immigrant mother thing the first thing she asked is who is this boy <laughs> yeah that um, would probably be my first question well i mean like as a <laughs> parent of two girls it's like yeah that's the right that's the first question you ask is who the heck is his yeah. um but she has this moment where she could either get mad mm-hmm. or she could soften And she chooses to soften. And she finally understands Mm -hmm. that the things that she has held against her mother, because she has a lot of animosity towards her mother. Yeah. Because her mother refused to quit believing in fairy tales. Right. And you really, what you really wind up with is a story of generational healing. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, because I mean, that's what we do, right? We pass down our trauma to our children. That's that's we, human we nature. We not only pass down our trauma to children; they all they don't understand the trauma, right? And so it like affects and and you know, I I feel like as an adult, you know, a lot of things that I've had you know issues with my parents over, you know, it, when I was younger, it's like now that I have children, I'm like, you know, like I understand, like. Maybe they weren't 100% right all the time, but I understand why they felt the way they did, acted the way they did. Because, you know, like the world can be a scary place. 
Um, and especially if you have experience with the world being a scary place. Yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like, you know, the, the mom has, you know, she's had her moment of being the rebel child because, you know, her, her, her mom just was, you know, had, had, had trauma. And, uh, and so here she is, she's got the child now, but you now it's different once you're the parent, you know, all of a sudden those things that seemed like so much fun when you were 17 aren't quite so much fun whenever you've got, you know, teenagers yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, the, and, and cause we, we'd speculated a lot, you know, like did the mom, like how much did the mom know? But apparently she never bought any of it. She just thought that her mother was just, I guess, just coping. That this was her coping mechanism was this story that she'd already told that she'd always told about how she made it on the train. Like when, whenever she actually sees all of this happening, she like totally is, is in immediately, which is not exactly what we thought um, she was, you know, we, we thought that she knew things you know, that there, that there were some of this stuff had gone on, but apparently she never believed any of it. She just didn't want any ties to the crazy. Right. You know, so it wasn't specifically like, I know things about that Bengal. It was, that's a symbol of the crazy and I don't want anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, there I was some that. kind of back and forth over, over what the mother actually knew. Right. Yeah. And, the, and I think what, I kind of thought it was all along is what it was, was she just believed it was fairy tales and her mother was yeah. just obsessed. And she believed that it had run her father off and, right. and, you know, caused her to have a, a lesser childhood than she could have. And because of the obsession. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm really, really happy with those scenes. Like, I mm -hmm. think that, that, this is the first time the three of the, those characters, the, mm -hmm. the, the three generations of this family mm -hmm. have not had some sort of barrier preventing them from fully embracing each other. And, you know, and even with that, that whole speech about her mother should be ashamed of herself, you know, that she gave earlier. It's like when it came down to it and it's her kid, you know, maybe, so maybe she should have been less judgy about the hypothetical mother, but when it came down to it, she has the best reaction, you know, it, you, like she's completely, you know, and, and I think it's always a tendency, a danger to automatically assume the worst, you know, but yeah. she automatically assumes like you're doing the good things. So, um, at this point, like we, we got another piece of the costume Mm -hmm. Or at least another piece of the fabric that will become the costume, right. you know. And that's kind of been one of the cool things. It's been very, it's been very video gameish. Yeah. And that kind of each mission along the way, she gets another piece of the fabric that will right. eventually become uh, the costume. But mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm leaning even heavier now towards the mother's going to actually create the costume. Yeah. Well, clearly the mom's got skills, mad skills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Hulk, the Hulk, father, yeah. daughter, Hulk. One thing we never talked about on here was I, I 
love that they brought the Hulk costume back around during the wedding. Yes, scene. for yeah. the little brother. Mm -hmm. That was that was epic. That was really, really great. Um, you know, the other thing that I thought was really um an interesting like clearly Aisha has a, a a pretty clear understanding of how all of this works. Um, because when Kamala shows up, she assumes it's Sasa. You know, she assumes it's her baby. Sana, yeah. At Sana, yeah. And so that was that I wasn't really whenever she I was like, well, yeah, that kind of tracks. That would be, you know, if she knows that time travel, you know, kind of is a is a factor here. It's not surprising that that was her initial assumption. And even whenever she told her that she wasn't, she's it reminds me whenever um whenever my great grandmother was at the end of her life and we would come visit, she didn't know who um who we were anymore, but she knew we were hers. You know, like she couldn't necessarily put a name to it, but she knew that we were hers. And I feel like that's kind of the sort of the the feeling you get. It's yeah, like well, she, she they, well, we already know they can also sense the uh, sense the nor the light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, because that's how she knew that uh, Najma had come for her. Right, but she can they can sense each other in right. some sense. So yeah, um, so yeah, she knew that this was. She just didn't know. What, you know, she thought it was her daughter. Right. And clearly they've got some kind of, she's got some kind of connection with this, with this thing, with this bangle, even when she's not wearing it, which was surprising. Uh, that was an interesting, like a parent, clearly there's some kind of link. Um, there's some kind of genetic link that they have going um, because she's able to activate it on some level from away when, when she's not even wearing it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, as far as that, so here's the thing, uh, and, and we need to talk about the, the bangle itself. Mm -hmm. Um, because didn't they tell us earlier on that they needed both bangles to open the rift, the veil between dimensions. They thought they did. Okay. But maybe they didn't. Maybe they were wrong. Maybe that wasn't the missing factor. Maybe the missing factor was whatever. Well, maybe there was only one. Kamala's got going on. Yeah. Did the bangle glow when um, Aisha passes, when she dies? Did the bangle glow then? I think so, but I don't remember. I don't but I'm, I'm trying to now I want to go because that's the thing about doing this the same day I watched it for the first right. time is now I'm going because now that I'm thinking back, um, Najma sends, you know, she dies. She dies to close the void, mm -hmm. but she basically sends her spirit or, some or something power. into her son. Mm -hmm. Well, see, I think it's going to be maybe more than her power that maybe she's going to be able to control him. Oh, I hope not. Um, they may or may not do that. I kind of think that's where that's headed. Um, we'll have to see see what plays out there. But I'm wondering if there was something similar with the bangle when Aisha dies. Mm -hmm. If her, you know, the essence, the nor, the light, whatever it is, isn't attached to the bangle or to Kamala or, you know, mm -hmm. because Kamala's 
we get the indication that she's more powerful when she comes back mm-hmm. or at least has better control. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm really interested. I want to see where they go, um, with fleshing that out. And Neil, did it look to you like the little girl was making the stars appear? Like, cause Kamala says, I'm doing that. I was like, I didn't think you were doing that. I thought grandma was doing that. I'm not sure. It's it's kind of the when the one that the one breaks. Right. And it and so yeah, I mean maybe that was Aisha or you know, the, the grandmother, that's the other thing we've never learned. Did grandma ever put this bangle on? Didn't put, we see her put it on? The kid? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Well, well like she, her, her grandma was not, wearing not, it. Well, the cheat's wearing it when she's a but kid. But does she ever activate it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Nicole. Her eyes do glow purple right there when she right. sends out that pulse. So I almost wonder if she wasn't responsible for pulling Kamala. If if she wasn't you know, if she if if she wasn't the one who pulled her there. Yeah. Maybe so. And we don't really know. I mean, we get the idea that these are, you know, the, the djinn or the, the nur or whatever we want to call them are um, a fourth dimensional being, meaning that they, they exist outside of time. They're right. They're they're light. They're immortal. And so, like, I mean, what does physical death on our in our realm even mean for right. them? I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Clearly, they do still have skeletons. Oh, yeah. We, we got to see the skeletons. <laughs> that is not what I was expecting. Hey, uh, hey, Jugger Voice. Thanks for uh, popping in the chat here. Uh, we got a, got a little more to go, but uh, we are still really enjoying this series. I, I think they've done an excellent job with the writing. Um I think they've done a lot of really good things. Um, what is Aramis Knight's character's name? Red Dagger. What's well, the Red Dagger? What's his actual name? Kareem. Kareem. Because he's just one of the Red Daggers. The Red Daggers is like a secret organization. Yeah. Um, but I, he will be known as the Red Dagger. It's kind of like yeah. Kind of like uh, the, the Black Widow or the no the Black Widow. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. They're all they're all Black Widows. It's just that we call her that in in context of the team but um i think that um he's a been he was a really good character i'm really interested to see where they go with him i would actually like to see they probably won't do this but i would really love to see a red dagger spinoff i yeah i think so and i mean they kind of almost set it up like the you know that's where they're headed with it but well, it's also possible that he just winds up being part of the Young Avengers whenever they get around to doing that. Mm-hmm. If they don't hurry up, though, they're all going to be the uh, Young Adult Avengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not the Kid Avengers, the 20-something Avengers. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's fine. Um, but I think the overall stories here were the... The her understanding where she came from, the generational healing between the the uh, three generations of of the family, and really, really four generations because they're also 
able to now understand what happened to Aisha. Right. Because her disappearance is what created a lot of the problem from the start. Well, yeah, because people uh, automatically believe the worst of her. Like they were, you know, assume like, oh, she's gone off and is, you know, a bigamist and she's got multiple, you know, multiple families going. Yeah. Um. So it's it's kind of a it's joker. I couldn't remember the name. If you'll leave it here in the chat again, I'm going to look him up as soon as we're done tonight. I, I definitely okay. wanted to do that. Here we go. I'll take a picture of it. Because we, we were talking about that the other day. Okay, you got it down there. Got, Thank you. Yeah. I will uh, definitely look that up as soon as we're done tonight. Yeah, we were talking about it at some point during the week, and Andrew says, I can't remember his name. And, uh, it, you know, it requires going back and looking through uh, <laughs> through the chat. And it's been a week. Yeah. So, I mean, that pretty much covers the episode. I, I mean, Kamran has gotten his powers, whatever that means, whether he is totally in control <laughs> or not. Oh, no. Bless his little heart. <laughs> He's um, just so daggum nice. He His is. niceness is just going to get him in more trouble. Yeah, Bruno's an interesting character, though, and one that could be pretty critical going forward. I mean, he could be our new, you know, he might not be the new Tony Stark, but he could be the new Howard Stark yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to, you know, make him a superhero, but he certainly could be... Um, Kind of fill a he's new a Howard a Bruce Banner. role. I mean, he's got the the Nikola. I love the Nikola Tesla poster on his wall, and Comron says, "Oh, you're a yeah. car guy." <laughs> Jeez, we was a wonder we haven't hung out before. Which, of course, just went over the kids' heads. But I thought it was a fun joke. And so, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of the last thing to talk about here is the ending. Comron um, is running from damage control. Right. So I guess here's the question: is is damage control Yeah, I, that is that's definitely where they're trying to go, uh, Joker. That's going to be one because this this show actually makes me think that maybe they will go to greater lengths than I initially thought they would to reinvent that character instead of going straight with the comic book story because uh, they really retooled a lot of things with Miss Marvel to make her work better in the MCU. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that they will do some retooling with uh, Riri Williams as well. Because I, while this comic has had failed runs, it's largely been a, an accepted character where Ironheart has mostly been a failure as a comic book. So uh, it would definitely be interesting to see what they do there. Yeah. Um, and they, they seem to have done a pretty good job of... Sometimes pulling characters that weren't necessarily the most popular in the comic books and still making them really relatable. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, it's one well. like, I obviously don't want them to just make a stinker of a show. And I think they're going to have to retool the Riri Williams character to make her work. I don't think mm -hmm. I, I don't, I've never read those comics. I have kind of like read the general synopsis of the comic run yeah. and, um, I don't think that character necessarily works in the MCU as it stands right now. So yeah. I do think they will have to do some reinventing and they would be wise to do some reinventing with that character um, since the comics really didn't go over well. Yeah. Um, so the end of this uh, damage controls chasing Comron is damage control going to wind up being our final antagonist. Looks that way. I mean, I really thought we were going to get, 
at least a part of the way into the episode of them just being sneaky. I tell you what, though, like that's I. I think that they're really setting Bruno up to be um, in some ways kind of like almost Captain America level altruistic because yeah. he really doesn't like yeah, Kamran. No, he, he really actively dislikes Kamran. And he's like, oh, dude, I know that you're a literal fugitive um, yeah. and some kind of super powered individual. Like he he has every reason to just be like, gee, 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 you know, like somebody come get this guy. And he's totally like, Oh no, we're going to, you know, like I'm, you're going to stay here. We'll figure this out. Who does that? You know? Yeah, no, I, I think you've, you've definitely got a character and I think really you've got a character with, with uh, Kamala. That's kind of the same yeah. way. I mean, you've got two characters that are, they're going to do the right thing. Kind and I of mean, characters. it's, you know, your morally gray characters are, are interesting. In oh no, for way. sure. Um, but it's always, well, I think it's always interesting to have it's, it's the MCU to this point has been the dynamic between the ones who will do anything to win mm -hmm. and the ones who will always do the right thing, no matter what it costs them. Right. So, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how these characters, uh, grow into their roles. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I really thought that we were going to get Red Dagger back, coming back to the States. But apparently there's some, uh, one does wonder, why does the United States have multiple warrants out on him? It'll When he's like, what, 20, maybe? Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, um, in the comics, he does move to Jersey City. Mm -hmm. Whether they do, I mean, in the comics, though, I think he basically shows up as a, as an exchange student. Right. At the school. So I don't, I'll be shocked if they go that route. They also did this, filmed this, started this while she was like 16, while the actress was like 16, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. But like they, the, the getting this one, getting it filmed and edited and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And then the slowdown with COVID and everything, she's 19 years old already. Right. And granted they, they in universe made a joke about her looking younger. Yeah. Than she is like Ant-Man. Yeah. I mean, she does though. Like she, she looks like she's about 12. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's not that they're going to have trouble yeah. continuing with her being in high school for at least another season. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be real interesting to see. I'm really curious. Uh, Nicole, any theories on the, um, on the finale? Hmm. You got any theories on the theories finale? I mean, I think finale. that it's just an action. I, I think basically we get um, a standoff with with damage control, and we're going to find out a little more about what damage control is up to and why damage control is just basically the assumed the role of assuming that all heroes are or all you know people with powers Enhanced are persons are bad, yeah, because that's definitely the the angle they're now taking. Yeah, I mean that's somebody's got to go it, go that direction eventually, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be. I'm I'm curious because I, I obviously damage control is going to be the antagonist in the finale. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm assuming that when Kamala gets back, that damage control is going to have Kamran, possibly have Kamran and Bruno in custody. Yeah. Poor Bruno. So. Um, 
I, I'm anxious to see now. This episode was the shortest of the episodes yet. I hope they don't go shorter. Um, it didn't feel overly short. It felt like everything was paced well. Mm -hmm. There was no problems um, pacing-wise or anything, but I sure hope they don't go shorter. I'd rather see them go back. The first two episodes were about 50 minutes. Yeah. And I'd I like to so. see the finale be about that length. Mm -hmm. All right. Nicole doesn't have any theories. I, I really don't know where to expect it to go. I mean, obviously, we're not telling. I think we just told the most complicated part of the story, which mm -hmm. was the the family dynamic, the family mm -hmm. history. Um, I think that was the heart of this whole the family was the heart of this whole story. Yeah. Um, and that we we kind of wrapped that angle. And now we're going to have whatever our fight with um, damage control that's going to lead into her future in the I really MCU. I thought we were going to be Yeah, Joker Boys. We're, average would be about 45 minutes. Um, yeah. Most of the first two were about 50. The next two were about 45, and this one was 40. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I really thought that they were going to have a really big face-off with the Noor. I thought that's where we were going. You know, like one lap, but they, now they're that, kind that's of that's coming. Tied. That's going to tie into Secret Wars whenever we do that. Well, I meant the Nor that are already here. Yeah, or the Gen that are here. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see where. It's always unfortunate, but well, we've we've eliminated them now, unless she still has control over really some kind of control over Comron. I'm saying. Um, the thing is, they're not she going will be to be all the Sith, but they're not going to do the they're not going to do the big comic book villain for this character because it's not going to work in live action. Uh -huh. So it's possible that Comron could become the villain. That could be interesting. That could be interesting. Um, yeah, that seems about right. And that's kind of what I'm expecting it to be about the same length, maybe a few minutes longer than the other one. Yeah. Um, um, so I do like, hang on. I, I, I feel like this is a good summary because I, I talked at some length about how I just couldn't care less about this show. Whenever yeah. it was being advertised, I was like, whatever. Like, I mean, sure. It'll be fun. The kids will enjoy it, but it's really it's it's really you know oh i thought it was going to be like a like a nickelodeon show mm -hmm. or you know disney or, or you know like the old disney tv shows right yeah um you know like the ones you know ones from the late 90s early mm -hmm. 2000s and um it really ended up not being that oh don just uh popped in don you finished episode five what did you think He loved it. But I do agree. I'm not totally <laughs> sure. Tears your is, beer. <laughs> I, tears do, beer. I do agree, Nicole, that I think this might be my favorite episode, just kind of the mm -hmm. the scale of some of the things they went for and the the um, kind of the completion of this family story. Mm -hmm. um, and now we can move past that in episode six into setting up the future for this character. Yeah, because like we got to keep the big secret from our parents thing. It's it's been done a lot, you know, and so it's like they're so much just like you know, if we just tell our parents what was going on, we could just move on. Uh, so I'm glad that that they've kind of done that now, 
and we're not going to continue. Yes, the costumes were absolutely beautiful. You're right, Dawn. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad we're not, that's not going to continue to be the main, um, what's the word? The main conflict <laughs> that migraine I was talking about. It messes with my ability to find my words. Joker voice, <laughs> give it a watch and then come talk about it with us. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd love to do that. Yeah, it's um, it's a good one. Yeah, well, maybe we can get a crew. On. Yeah, no, we should just do a big. We're going to do our final episode with uh, with David and mm -hmm. um, his girlfriend, who's a huge fan. But uh, other than that, I think we should probably mm -hmm. just have a big roundtable episode and yeah. uh, let everybody pop in and and give their thoughts on the series as a whole after the finale. So we'll definitely plan that. Yep, I think. I think I'm out of things to say. You out of things to I'm say? I'm out of things to say. Um, I really do love this show. It's still my second favorite MCU uh, Disney Plus series. Um, if they if they hit a solid finale, it'll definitely land in it's my all about, that spot. finale. It's all about that finale. Everybody's yeah. It's all about one division to the finale. People the, are like, eh. Yeah. It's fine. And I will tell you the other thing, because the Marvels, I've just not been that excited about Captain Marvel coming back. Mm -hmm. um, this show makes me a lot more excited. Well, and I love Monica Rambeau. Like, Monica Rambeau is great. Yeah. And so, the fact that she comes so we've got, now we've got Monica Rambeau and Kamala Khan. I think that's going to go a long ways to improving the... Mm -hmm. um, just kind of the the general feel of the the marvels mm -hmm. movie so it'll be yeah. interesting to see what they do there sure. but anyway uh i think that's gonna do it for tonight and um joker has uh committed to the round table and hopefully uh don and uh, nicole might be able to do that with us as well be and uh we'll, we'll get everybody on and talk about it um but that's gonna do it for tonight so marisha until next time where can people find you um, you can find me on Instagram, theoretically. You can find old pictures on Instagram. At what is it? What's my Instagram? Your Instagram is yeah. Princesses underscore. Pat that's right. Yeah. Princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. And I'm Hugh Padawans on Twitter. Yep. You can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sai underscore Fictionary. Um, you can drop us a line at the science fictionary at gmail.com. And as always, you can find our podcast as well as the rest of the Red Five Podcast Network at Red Five Network on Twitter. And until next time, may the force be with you. This podcast is part of the Red Five Network. For more Red Five Network podcasts, visit redfivenetwork.com.